Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Uh, we are in for a great episode this week. We have a very special guest with us, Linda. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. It's Tuesday night and I get to talk to somebody, so hard to beat it. True story. True story. And then my co-hostess with the mostest, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing? I have the mostest. That's so sweet. You uh, are the mostest. I am doing especially well this evening. More well than I've been in, I don't know, a few days. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, coming off a very another exciting weekend of football. I mean, let me tell you, that Packers game Sunday night, it was a thing of beauty. Well, well, almost entirely. And I apologize, Linda, for you having to endure this moment of homerism here. But if you allow Don't me. Don't you for apologize just a second, for that. <laughs> <laughs> if you allow me for just one second, what in the fuck was going on with that Alvin Kamara touchdown run? Uh, that was unforgivable. Uh, uh, except that I had him on a roster, and so I actually did appreciate the points, and then we still won, so it was fine. But in the moment, unforgivable. Yeah, it all came out well in the end. And then how about that? Uh, how about that game last night? The the Chiefs and the Ravens, man. That was not quite how I expected it to go. I'm not going to lie. It's weird. From a fantasy standpoint, it was less than ideal. But from a football <laughs> standpoint, you got a big man TD. You got a nobody TD. Mm. A run back for a touch, like a kickoff return touchdown. So fantasy wise, it was a little bit. Oh yeah. Unless you had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, pretty much every touchdown. I was like. Well, this helps no one. What the hell? <laughs> Don't they know that guy? <laughs> Don't they know what we're working with here? Come on. <laughs> it did check off just about every obscure placement on your bingo card, though. Mm-hmm. Like just for the randomest shit to happen. Yeah, nobody's fan duels or DraftKings lineups were probably happy with that either. Um, unless, of course, you started Patrick Mahomes because the dooley. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty much the biggest gimme of the season, having him start for you. So uh, we've got a great episode for you all tonight. We are talking early season disappointments, players that have let us down so far, but hopefully we'll expect more from them the rest of the season. So before we get into that, uh, let's talk to our guest here, Linda, a little bit. Why don't you introduce yourself? Let us know where we can find you, all the good stuff you're doing out there. Oh, well, thanks for having me. First of all, uh, the audience should know that I got tequila drunk and decided I would reach out to you guys because this is like ideal time, like drinking and talking. That's what I do every night on Twitter. So thanks for <laughs> letting me come on after I pleaded. Oh, right uh, on brand for us. So. <laughs> but uh, I write a once a week article, a waiver wire or a, a streamer article for for fantasy sake on twitter at ffsqc 
And then we do a Wednesday night podcast, me and Troy King, John Bauer and Mitch Sorensen at Fantasy Football Confidential. And that's every Wednesday night at nine Eastern. And then I hang out with, uh, we do some st- sit starts with uh, Sons of Dynasty. So I'm a little bit everywhere, but you can definitely find me on Twitter. Oh, nice. that you sure as hell can. Uh, in the best way, by the way. Uh, Linda, if you are not following her on Twitter, you're just doing Twitter completely fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, go seek her out and just follow for uh, all of the wonder that she brings to that godforsaken app. Um, <laughs> it, it, it truly is magical. It sure is. It sure is. So before we get into the meat of our episode here, we have to go around the room and find out what we're all drinking. Jake, why don't we start with you? What are you drinking? I'm going to kick off uh, in honor of our special guest tonight. I am actually throwing down a truly wild berry 24 ouncer uh, in, in, in her name. Now, I understand that you are more about those truly lemonades, but you have to understand I bought this randomly a long time ago, and it's what I had. So it's what I'm going with. <laughs> I appreciate winging it. So it worked out. They're fine. I just prefer the lemonades are superior, but they're fine 102. Fair enough. Fair, Fair enough. enough. What are you drinking, Linda? Uh, true to form. It's my truly lemonades. Nice. People should stop buying because my gas station keeps running out of. So <laughs> it's actually not an endorsement. Don't drink them. <laughs> you, you've nice. become too good of a hype person for truly. <laughs> I know. Nice. And I am drinking Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. I know how to talk. Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale, and it is delicious. It tastes just like a cream soda. Highly recommend it to anyone out there. It is goddamn delicious. That sounds wonderful. Honestly, really that sounds like what I wish I had in my mouth right now. Nothing against your truly, but I do wish that I had that in my mouth right now. It's hard to compete with cream soda. Hey, we got a it's guest true. in the chat that's uh, drinking with us tonight, too. So thank you, Dave, Toronto FF8, drinking Ray is- and nephew Jamaican clear rum. Nice. Dave has been hitting up shots of rum, he said, uh, since I believe three hours ago. So uh, he should be in, in fine form for the rest of this chat. Of course. Of course. Uh, he always is. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of drinking, we'll just keep right on this uh, topic here. We should get into our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 drunk trade of the week. So Jake hit us up with that. So this week's drunk trade of the week comes from at Bodacious Beer on Twitter. Beer right in the handle. So you know that this should be good. Now, this is an interesting one. I want to preface this by saying that this is not the usual end game for a drunk trade that passes through here. So just keep that in mind. But he says at 2 a.m. a couple of weeks ago, he moved Devin Singletary and Miles Boykin for Marlon Mack, T. Higgins, and a third round pick. I woke up and immediately hated myself, he says. Now, I don't know that I agree with that that last sentiment there. What say you two about this? Which side do you fall on for this? It's Dynasty. Did not mention if it's Superflex, tight end premium, any of that. So let's assume standard PPR and uh, let's just say Superflex for the shits and giggles, even though it doesn't matter for this. Yeah, I actually, I don't actually hate that trade. I mean, if I were to drunk trade that, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. Uh, I know Marlon Mack out with the injury for the season, so that's really unfortunate uh, because, you know, he would have had 
at least for the first half of the season, he would have gotten a decent amount of usage. Uh, he is a free agent after this year, so hopefully he rehabs well and can find a team that'll use him because he was very useful and very good in the in what we saw from him. Uh, T. Higgins, I mean, you got to like what we saw from him this last week. Uh, he was everything you're hoping to be when you drafted him, either in the late first, early second in your rookie drafts. And then a third round pick on top of it. Yeah, that's just uh, a little icing on the cake there. That, that's not so bad. Miles Boykin hasn't done much, and Devin Singletary, yeah, he he's done all right. He's serviceable, but again, uh, he's nothing that to write home about. I mean, he's not all that special in my opinion. So I actually don't hate that trade whatsoever. Like I said, I wish I could drunk trade like that. <laughs> Mine have never worked out nearly this well in my my experience. Linda, are you on board with that side that's getting Higgins, or are you more towards the uh, Singletary side? When I looked at the show notes and I saw that trade, I was like, I like that trade. Like Higgins is fine. That's a great trade. I mean, it's fine. And so I was like, oh, this is going to get interesting. So because trading, not my strong suit. So that's good. I'm glad to uh, be on the same side as people that are good at Dynasty because I'm not. (laughs) Have you had some horror stories from past trades then, it sounds like, that still haunt you? I don't drunk trade. I always drunk draft, never drunk trade. Like every time I post about being drunk online, people are like, I'm going to send you a trade. I'm like, I'll ignore you for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, I have to that's... applaud that because I don't have that kind of uh, wherewithal during those situations to withstand that. So, uh, so good on you. <laughs> what do you say, boy? Sam's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Sam. Happy birthday, Sam. Sam Wallace (laughs) popping into the chat. A a fellow Wisconsinite, it should be noted. Well, he's got to be all right then. (laughs) He is. Now, Dustin, on the show sheet just below the drunk Mm train, I put a question mark behind the beer bet payoff because there had been talk about it, uh, but I didn't know if you wanted to overwhelm yourself with having to pay off another beer bet today. No, not this week, unfortunately. Uh, we'll we'll get to it here in a couple weeks, maybe. I'll I'll, I'll clean the ledger for the the last season, and uh, we can start making some new ones. Then we haven't made too many this year, so we gotta remedy yeah. that. Let's just say that it will be next week, and then when next week comes, you can just kick the can on down the road. We just want to get the people excited to bring them back. Dustin. Just tease them, tease them a little bit, tease them just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Jake. How did you feel about that drug trade? So I actually, yeah, I'm on your guys' side. I like Higgins more now that we got to see him utilize with the A.J. Green absence, for lack of a better word. He's just, he's there, but he's just not really there. Um, and that's kind of what we expected coming into the year. But now it's it's refreshing to see Higgins get thrown right in and actually start to work this quickly. Uh, rookie, rookie wide receiver, not a rookie wide receiver, and a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, you never know how that's going to pan out in the short term. So, yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with the, the Higgins side there. All right, so we're all in agreement. That's good. All right, so moving on here. We will briefly go over some of the injuries we encountered this last week because it's 2020. We know there's not going to be a week where at least some sort of star player gets hurt in one form or another. So uh, we'll just go through these briefly. Feel free to jump in, you two, if there's more you want to expound upon here as far as fantasy impact or anything like that. So Chris Carson looks like just a knee sprain. 
they're saying one to two weeks, but possibly he could play this week. I highly doubt that. Uh, I just want to say it was such a Bush League fucking move uh, uh, that that twist in, what are they called, a gator roll that they did. Just dirty. Mm-hmm. There, there's no need for that. Uh, that was horse shit. It was. It was. Bad, bad form. Bad form. Bad Cowboys player. Bad. <laughs> All right. And then uh, Treat Cohen, ACL. Hate to see it. He's out for the season. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Keep an eye on him. Concussion. Wait and see if he's going to get cleared to play. Um, although, who knows? Maybe the the Steelers game is going to get canceled this weekend with the uh, Titans possibly uh, quarantining due to COVID. So uh, I think they already announced their play. Oh, really? Uh, Ian Rapport, yeah, like 12 minutes before we got on here, though. So Oh. Oof. Yeah. That I, makes me nervous. It does. <laughs> so maybe they'll throw in all the second and third stringers and not keep their star players out on the field just to keep them totally quarantined and separate. They'll all have some sort of last-minute injury on the injury list uh, so that they don't have to uh, be exposed. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. One of the big ones here, Chris Godwin, hamstring. Already coming off the concussion, so you hate to see him get injured again. Uh, monitor this one. They say he's probably not going to play this week, but it might turn into a multi-week situation here. Uh, Russell Gage uh, coming on strong here. We weren't expecting this much from him, I, I think. Uh, sounds like he has a concussion. Again, monitor that. See how it plays out here in the, uh, for the rest of the week. Mike Williams, hamstring. Keep an eye on it. They haven't released too much about that. This next one makes my heart hurt. It really does because it was so good to see him finally get back on the field, playing well, putting up fantasy points like we all knew he could and always does when he's healthy. That's Jordan Reed. So He, he is... was doing things, you guys. Uh, he was doing things so well. Like and I said, it just hurts my hurt. heart. Oh, my goodness. So, Sorry. Yeah. I just it's it really is traumatic to finally see Jordan Reed have like that one blow up game in absence of George Kittle and then immediately get the rug pulled out from under. Yep, he's out six to eight weeks at least. So uh his season is most likely over, let's be honest, because Kittle should be back by that point, healthy playing, and he will just be sitting on your bench. Dallas Goddard, this one's a little concerning uh, with an ankle injury. Again, not really specific on when he's going to come back. It just says, per Doug Peterson, he's going to miss some time. Uh, Thank you for that, Doug. We appreciate it. Uh, Again, monitor it. He's probably not going to play this week for sure. Maybe the week after. We'll see. Although with the garbage that the Eagles are right now, there's probably no point in rushing him back, let's be honest. And then Michael Pittman Jr., Uh, came up limp with an injury of some sort. It doesn't say in my notes, Jake, way to go. Uh... (laughs) Oh, I was muted. I'm sorry, Dustin. You should be. I rely on you to help fill me in with these things. (laughs) It it was a last minute addition. Uh, 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 It was a last minute inactive, if you will, on our sheet. Um, I can look it up, but you talk about Young Way Koo for a second, just because it's really fun to say his name. Uh, again, last minute addition to the sheet, and you didn't put anything on here, making me look like That's an good. idiot. He's a kicker. No. Whatever it is, They're he's a kicker. Me. We don't and talk kickers. Me. We don't talk kickers on our podcast, Jake. You know this. Uh, we we will if they are injured because that's what this segment is about, Dustin. Michael Pittman is an ankle injury. By the way, uh, there is no timeline expected for right now that I can see. 
But they do say it's very serious and could lead to permanent muscle and nerve damage. Ooh. So not great uh, on that. Yeah, that is not good at all. Definitely uh, yeah. keep your eyes open for that. Just uh, monitor it and uh, see how that goes. All the best yeah. for him. Had surgery, but no timetable as of right now. All right. And then, Linda, did you want to jump in on the kicker discussion? I saw you raising your hand there. Uh, Young Hoku tore, uh, injured his groin, so it effectively took him out of every single one of my redraft leaks, which is an issue. But uh, that's that's why I added him. So ha. That's, that's you brutal. guys thought you were going to escape my kickers. <laughs> no. First of all, we thought we would escape kickers. Then we thought we'd escape having to talk about anybody's groin. And both have all of a sudden been thrust at us within 10 to 15 minutes. That's what outrageous. I'm here for. Outrageous, <laughs> Linda. Outrageous. All right. Well, that was that was just the appetizer, by the mm-hmm. way, to the the uh, let's say the meat and potatoes of the episode. Well, I, I was going to say to the monument of sadness that we are building with this entire episode here. Well, but I don't before know. we get into those meat and potatoes, let's hear from our sponsor for this week. This week's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from 5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com. Use for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase. Restaurant.com, the best deal every meal. And with that, we're back. And we are back. Thank you for that, Jake. So we are going to talk a little sadness here. Tears in our beers, or trulies, so to speak. Uh, which players have let us down early in the season, and what are we expecting from them moving on? Hopefully, you know we'll, we'll get some uplifting here, and, and we'll feel better about ourselves after talking about it. So, uh, we'll talk quarterbacks here. No particular order necessarily. Uh, Lamar Jackson, so far... Overall, QB 12 after last night, definitely not what people were expecting when you draft him. Hopefully, you're on the DTFF podcast train of late quarterback drafting. But if you're not, you probably drafted him in the second, third round, depending on your home league. Not what you're expecting. Is this just a function of early season, just not hitting on the right cylinders? Or is it going to be something more at the Ravens? I think personally, and you guys feel free to call me uh, an idiot on this. I think personally, it was not great for Lamar to have to face the Chiefs um, on the stage that they faced them this early in the season. I have been saying for a while, and Dustin, you can back me up because I did draft the Chiefs defense in our home league here, that they have been just kind of glossed over. Like they're looked at as as middle of the range for some reason. I think just because their offense is so exciting that people just don't give enough respect to the Chiefs defense. Uh, they're tough. The defense is just really tough. And once they got a lead up on Lamar this last week, then you saw that it's very difficult for that team to come back and for him to orchestrate that kind of game plan. And I think he just got taken out of what he normally does and it smarted. The other two weeks were not not nearly as bad as what we saw most recently against the Chiefs. I would like to think that he will naturally raise back up and become bare minimum a top four QB by end of season. 
I don't know. I agree. I I don't see any reason to worry about Lamar. It's early in the season. They had a shortened off season here. There's no reason why he shouldn't uh, get back up there easily in the top five. uh, No reason. I don't see that whatsoever. Uh, Next. Ooh, this one hurts my heart because I have him in so many of my dynasty teams and I drafted him in my redraft and dropped him already. It's Carson Wentz coming in at QB 19 so far to start the season. Uh, Actually, this in our next uh, section could almost be named just drop all Eagles slash Browns players uh, just because they've more or less let you down for fantasy purposes so far. Not across That's the board. That's not true. That, that is said, not, not across true. the board. Hold on. <laughs> but it just, there's a tight end named Zach Ertz that would like your ear for it, a second. It, 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 it and there's feels a couple of running way. backs in Cleveland that would have a bone to pick with that. True. But it just feels that way. Because uh, we were expecting a lot from this offense, I think. And Carson Wentz, you know, he highly drafted, gave him the big contract. Uh, he has done well in the past, even last year when he had no wide receivers to throw to. He just he he still produced fairly well. It was kind of under the radar, but he did produce. And this year, he just looks like hot garbage. And I'm off the train. I I, I jumped off this last week. Uh, I don't feel confident starting him at all. And yeah, what do you think, Jake? Are you saying that only for redraft purposes? Hmm. Yes, only only for redraft. Yes, uh, if you okay. have a, if you have another option in dynasty, I would probably be starting almost anyone over him at this point. Let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for redraft, definitely out for the rest of this season. There, like, I know you brought it up in previous episodes that their offensive line is just hot garbage right now, and it's showing. So I don't see that improving. And and I, I've seen some people out there on Twitter. Uh, questioning Doug Peterson's play calling right now as well. And it's just, it's just seems like they're, they are a mess. I look for the rest of the season. Yeah. Wait until you see any sign of life for fantasy purposes from Carson Wentz, I guess, before firing him up. Linda, would you be casting him aside completely for this year? Or does Carson Wentz hold some sort of value for you? Like if you had him on a redraft team, would you just cut bait entirely? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't need him on a redraft league. Not with what's going on on the waiver. Like at that point, I'll just pick up whatever quarterback works per week. But he's put like twelve points is not gonna cut it. And nope. a, a redraft league or two can <laughs> of mine can uh, confirm that. Yes, same oh. here. Same here. <laughs> now, from a dynasty perspective, though, are we holding out hope that he's going to be fine next year? That they're going to figure out how to write this ship? Or is he shook? Is he maybe some people have floated around the idea that he is not long for the Eagles, uh, which to me seems crazy. But what do you guys think long term? That is crazy. They just signed him to that contract extension. So they can't get out from under that, I don't think, until 2022 at the earliest. I think that's when the large dead cap hit finally comes off the books. So they're stuck with him for at least two years. If they can improve this offensive line, and I know they've been kind of hit by injuries overall on that team, but if they can improve that offensive line, he's already proven that he's an MVP caliber quarterback. We saw that a couple years ago. So he has the talent. I would buy him in Dynasty. Just have another quarterback as your starter maybe for this season. Yeah, I want to call out. So Sam Wallace in our chat just mentioned Wentz is a sneaky Dynasty buy if you're not risk averse. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I, I think that's any starting quarterback that you've seen that kind of high potential from in the past. If they're underperforming to this level right now, I think you'd be crazy not to at least go poke around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even last year when he was throwing at the local grocery store bad guy, he was fine. <laughs> but that O-line doesn't give him a whole lot oh. of help. And again, he's throwing at less than than you want to be throwing at. So I'm not mad at him in Dynasty, but in redraft, I'm I'm good. Yep, exactly Fair. the same. Exactly the same. Uh, then our last quarterback on our list is Baker coming in at QB 25. Uh, I don't know what to think about this because we saw a couple weeks ago Cincinnati. He looked really, really good, really sharp. I really thought coming into this season he – he was taking it, not to say he's not taking it seriously, but I think last year he just kind of came in with this blase attitude. I can, uh, I had a good rookie season. I can just kind of do whatever. I'll be successful. And I, it, it sounds like from everything we heard that he really took this offseason much more seriously, hopefully cut back on some of the commercials, uh, really focused on football for the season. And I was expecting more out of him, especially uh, with a lot of the same players coming back for a second year with him you know they added obj the year before uh uh, kareem hunt etc i know they had new coaching staff but i didn't think that they would struggle quite this much out of the gate what do you guys think about baker for the rest of the season i defer to linda on this one well as an oklahoma state fan it was hard for me to like baker and i bought in heavy when he was drafted i was like all right sure fine He's not wearing crimson and cream anymore. I can get all behind it. And now he's hurt me. And we already had a bad past. So that's how I'm feeling right now. You're done. (laughs) Now, I am not as done on this as as you are, it sounds like. Uh, But I don't know if anybody possibly could be from the sounds of of what I just heard. Uh, But the one thing I will say about Baker, and this is probably just because I literally just traded for him like a week ago in a a dynasty league where I desperately need a quarterback help. So, of course, I'm looking for all of the silver linings with Baker now. Uh, But with that said... His schedule has not been super friendly to him as a fantasy quarterback to this point because he started off against Baltimore, which we know is a tough defense unless you're Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Uh, And then he had a couple of games where they're not going to rely on him because he had Cincinnati and Washington. So it's not like he had to unleash in the limited times that he had to. So like in the first half of the Cincinnati game, for example, then he was great and he was fine and he looked like his connections looked good with Odell. Uh, which was nice to see. He did have one overthrow and a touchdown there, which was was a bummer. But in general, he looked fine there. Now, if you can get him into some more matchups where they're going to require him to throw and not have the lead for his offense, so like he's coming up against Dallas, that should be good. Even Indianapolis should be good. I'm nervous about like Pittsburgh, but he gets Cincinnati again. He gets Vegas. He gets Houston. He gets these teams where it should be okay for him to come back a little bit. So... Like, I'm not going to put him up as a top 12 quarterback at all at any point really this year, but I think he'll be serviceable for you, especially in in two QB leagues. You know, you'll feel comfortable starting him on some weeks. Yeah, I'm more in line with you, Jake, uh, than Linda. Sorry, Linda. Uh, I I think he's going to have his weeks this season, but again, it's you got to play the matchup, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Let's move on with the running backs here. Todd Gurley's first one we're going to talk about here coming in at RB 27. 
with what we've seen of that Atlanta offense, you would have expected to see Todd Gurley be more involved, uh, especially in the passing game. Uh, he caught a fair number of balls the last couple seasons. It is a good part of his game, but we just haven't seen it so far, and he hasn't really... I just don't know what to think. Uh, at this point, I'm going to step back and probably, if someone wants to buy him off of me, I would definitely sell at this point because I just I just don't know the rest of the season with him. Sucks. I looked at his stats just now, and it just made me sad all over again. I don't know why. I knew what these were. I don't know why I brought up his stats page again. But he only had, uh, he had that first game, he had five targets, and I thought, like, okay, we can work with this. And then he had zero targets the next game. And then he had two, no, yeah, two targets the next game and one reception for two yards. And I'm just like, well, fuck me. Even mm-hmm. in the game where he had five targets, he only had one yard receiving. That is, how does that even happen? I don't in, even know how that happens. Yeah, in this offense, there's no reason it should be happening. Let's be honest. I just, <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's he's just fucked. if he's just trying to adjust to the new system there in Atlanta or they don't trust him or maybe it's something with the knee and they're just keep kind of keeping it quiet. But uh, yeah, I just don't see this getting better for Gurley. Linda, would you lean into that at all? Would you try and go out and like acquire him in any way? No, dog. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) What if I told you that his schedule for the next two weeks is green Bay. Who's terrible as we know. And Carolina, who's equally terrible, as we know. that do anything for you? What if I told you in week four of like 2013 or something, he broke my heart, so I've faded him ever since. (laughs) I cannot argue with that. I cannot and I will not. That is too sound of an argument. Yeah, it's my Robbie Anderson. He is your Robbie Anderson for me. Robbie Anderson broke my heart too many times, and even though – and Robbie's doing well this year, and I still yeah. can't go and, and give yeah. him any piece of my heart. No. Nope. I hope he shows my, me wrong all he wants, but <laughs> where it, our relationship did not end well. so <laughs> <laughs> We all have our players like that, let's be honest. Uh, Kenyon Drake, RB28. It's disappointing, especially since he was going as a top 12 RB. I think we all expected him to do more, especially from what we saw at the end of last season. Is is it the DeAndre Hopkins effect? Is he just that big a piece of that offense and they're featuring him that much that it, it really is just taking away from what we saw last year? Question mark. Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't know. Just sad about it. <laughs> I don't understand it. I I plainly don't understand it because like what we saw at the tail end of last year, obviously, and like he had games where he disappeared. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake had games where he was not showing up on this on the stat sheet for you. Uh, but th- there was so much promise there after a full off. Well, not full off season, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and off season with the team where it just seemed like yeah, this dude. I didn't bat an eye at anybody who ranked Kenyon Drake inside their top 10 RBs for this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, yeah, cool. I, I didn't do it, but I could understand the appeal. And now all of a sudden he's RB 28 through three weeks and small sample size and all that stuff. But man, it's frustrating. It is. And I thought he would be much more involved, especially since they used the transition tag on him, which was like $10 million. 
if I'm correct. Uh, and that just seems like a large price tag for someone they're not really using all that much. So hopefully, again, this is kind of just an early season. They're trying to feature Hopkins a little bit and get that air raid offense going, so then it opens up the run game later in the season. But I don't know. I- I'm going to hold. I'm not overly freaking out quite yet on him because uh, he does have the talent. We've seen it before. So so we'll see. Maybe we'll have to check back on this in a couple of weeks and uh, reevaluate it. I mean, we we can we can do that. I guess we can. We well, can hopefully keep it'll be him a- on the periphery just in case. Hopefully it'll uh, be a happy show and we'll talk happiness instead. And it'll be a hey, okay. remember when we were talking all crappy about this guy? Look at us now. We're happy. <laughs> okay. Hey, can I can I pose this to Linda? Because I'm curious. Let's just look at. I'm talking rest of season here. Okay. Rest of season, would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Antonio Gibson? That is a gross question. Yeah. yeah. Kenyon Drake, I think Kenyon Drake probably, uh, probably definitely. But the small sample size is getting larger. Like after week one, small sample size is fine. But like, not, I'm not panicked, but it's like a here. Like when my kid rolls her eyes at me, that's where I'm at. <laughs> You're so, like, motherfucker, I'm not, if you do that one more time, he I'm has, going to lose he has my Carolina shit. this week, so I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. But like last week, I was like, Kenyon Drake week, and uh, he was like, nah, I'm not really feeling it. So I'm going to I'm gonna not say anything. I don't want to pressure him, but this should be <laughs> a good week. Well, gosh, I, I hope he's listening to this episode and he, and he knows that because uh, that's important. <laughs> I'll get this to his publicist. Yeah. We'll make sure that it inspires him. All right. <laughs> and then the last running back we're going to talk about this week is Joe Mixon. Ugh, RB38. Where are all those Mixon truthers out there? Because, oh, man, it's just not looking good so far. And their offense, okay, I get rookie quarterback, you know, it, 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 there's going to be growing pains there, but uh, I thought the one solid piece of this offense would be Joe Mixon. And you I, thought that? I didn't think that. And it's just, it's just. You not can look. Working you out. can listen to the tape. I did not. I did no, not. I, you, I don't you, like to be Mr. Pat myself on the back, but I will just say, go back and listen to our Sleepers Bust episodes uh, after this is as wrapped up. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't get the appeal. Because of the offensive line, and that was supposed to be remedied all of a sudden because of a, a rookie, basically, that had never played from, from last year that was a high draft pick, and from the rookie quarterback who was coming in to fix everything. It was just weird to me. I don't know. Linda, were you, was there any part of you that was like, oh, I can see a world where he is a you know top six, seven, eight guy? I mean, no. In an unbiased, like, I don't own any Joe Mixon. I don't fuck with Joe Mixon. I'm not a Joe Mixon fan. <laughs> But from a fantasy football standpoint, even then, like, I didn't understand it. He was going, like, in 12-team super flex drafts where it's just, like, either a running back or a quarterback before the end of the second round, uh, sometimes real high. And, sure, there was potential, but they they don't use him the way that they could, and they didn't prove that they were going to use him the way that they could. Uh, and like you said, with an offensive line that's close to abysmal, I was just all fade on Joe Mixon for character reasons and for concern in fantasy production. <laughs> oh God, Eve! Uh, oh, those care. Uh, we had well, we had an entire discussion about the character portion of that in our fantasy <laughs> roundtable 
Um, and uh, yeah, stepmom Lauren also not a fan. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think most reasonable people are not a fan of him off the field, <laughs> mm-hmm. and most reasonable people should not be a fan of him for fantasy purposes. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. Cup that together. But Dustin, me and you both talked about how like this entire mm-hmm. offense coming into this year, you shouldn't be super high on this offense as a whole. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that just kind of bore out. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you were a bigger fade than I was on Mixon, but I still wasn't nearly as high as ADP was with him this offseason. I just I guess I've never been a big Mixon believer. I mean, he has the talent. We've seen flashes, but he's never really put it together where he should be drafted where he's traditionally been drafted in the off season. So uh, I don't see this really improving unless for some reason their offense really takes off. Fair. And now that we're done filleting each other about how great we were <laughs> to avoid this offense in the off season, I just want to throw this out there. Just as I'm very curious, Dustin, I just tossed this on the show sheet. I'm sorry for slipping it in like that. Don't ever coyly. apologize for slipping it in. Real coy-like? I feel like I probably should in most situations. Um, but I'm just genuinely curious amongst the three of us what our per- – because we've hit that – we've hit this midpoint and we've talked about some good quarterbacks and running backs. But just from a personal standpoint, I'm very curious who has hurt us the most on our, our actual rosters. Is, is anybody willing to admit this? Do you have, like, some time? Because yes, it's expansive. <laughs> well, let's My, start with you then, Linda. Who who amongst these disappointments has hurt you the most? Oh my god! Amongst those, amongst anybody, anybody on your rosters. My worst decision over the off season was picking up Jordan Howard. Literally everywhere I fucking could. Um, only to find out that Miles Gaskin was the lead back. Like, I was laughing at people picking up Matt Breida. <laughs> well, I have Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard said, bitch, I'll run one-yard touchdowns in all day, but you don't know when. <laughs> it sucks. That's my, like, everywhere. I take, like, two or three power running backs at the beginning, and I wait till like, you know, 10, 12 round and take either Phil Lindsay or – Jordan Howard, whichever one was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't fault Philip Lindsay for getting hurt. I love Philip Lindsay. I think it would have been a lot closer had he not been hurt to Melvin Gordon. Uh, but the the Jordan Howard thing has been less than ideal. <laughs> that was the nicest way I've ever heard anybody f- express such torture from although at least at least you get the touchdowns he's great for his team it's just not ideal fantasy fantasy wise Mm. it's not ideal but it's great if you're a dolphins fan you're like hell yeah punch it a touchdown yep it's been a long three weeks (laughs) (laughs) dustin is there somebody on yours that you're willing to share here on Uh, the fantasy uh therapy couch yeah we already talked about him (laughs) it's carson wentz i owned him everywhere uh not just dynasty but redraft like i said i dropped him after week two uh in our redraft league just because he's been playing so poorly And, and just uh to give a little insight on this for our redraft league we only get 10 waiver wire transactions the entire season so this was a big decision to cut bait this early in the season with him and he's my only quarterback so yeah he has he is he's hurt me right here right in my heart 
right in my heart bone. It it it, it hurts. <laughs> in your heart bone. Right in my heart does bone. Hurt. Yeah. That's not to, that is a big statement though. When we only get 10 waiver wire options and this early you're like, "Nope, fuck it. I know. Yep. I know what I need." And this ain't it. <laughs> it's not that. There are two that have hurt my heart. One one is and they're both tight ends. One is plainly due to injury. And oh, Linda, you oh, we can share because it's Blake Jarwin. Wow, you got because so excited about that. I forgot that we have like the ultimate Blake Jarwin truther on our podcast right now. Every oh single time Dalton Schultz catches any pass uh, or does anything, I'm like, it could have been uh, what would have been so much. It would have been so beautiful. We are all three of us were so big on Blake mm-hmm. Jarwin uh, for this offseason. I it's- cried. I think you think I'm kidding, but I fucking cried. And then I was like, you're a dumbass. He actually hurt himself. You're just sad because you hyped him all year. But at least nobody could be like, you were wrong. So silver lining coming out of that. Nobody can tell us that we were wrong for loving him the way that we did. Now, actually, Mike in the comments here has nailed my second option, mm-hmm. Austin Hooper. He says in the comments, I love this. Austin Hooper didn't even have the politeness to kiss me after he boned me on my fishbowl team. Mike, I cannot uh. agree with that sentiment anymore. It, 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 I had, I just went out and I, I acquired him everywhere because I said, Austin Hooper, I don't even care about the talent. It's just like, he's going to get work. Mm-hmm. And then David Njoku got work. And then David Njoku got hurt. And then Austin Hooper still isn't getting work. What the fuck is happening? Uh, I, I, I don't know what to do about that other than just leave him on my bench because I can't trade him and I refuse to drop him still at this point. So he's just going to linger there for eternity. <laughs> yeah, I feel that pain too. I have to start him in one of my dynasty leagues every week because I literally have no other serviceable tight ends, uh, which he was great for me last year. Don't get me wrong. But this year it's a uh, it's very unfortunate turn of events. I had to start Jay Sternberger if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> At least he yeah. got a couple of catches. I say he actually week. caught some balls this week. He <laughs> no, didn't no, drop no, them. No. <laughs> no, no. I just want to make you and your truly lemonade feel better in this moment, and and that's all that I have to offer. Unfortunately. Yeah, of course, I, Jake. Justin, and I are like, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. For... <laughs> great, he caught Justin two passes. That's great. <laughs> it's better than the zero passes that I expected him to catch. This is true. <laughs> All right. Well, I apologize for taking such a weird diversion there. I just needed to get personal for one real quick second. Oh, oh, never apologize for that. So we'll move on to wide receivers then. Uh, we have a handful to choose from here. Uh, first one, we'll, we'll call it a duo of Browns wide receivers here. We got OBJ at wide receiver 38 and Jarvis at wide receiver 59. Again, this offense, I just don't know what to expect anymore. They they show the flashes. They show they've got this the talent to move it downfield, the offensive game plan. I know that the running backs have been lights out for the season, and maybe that's their MO is they're just going to run it and and pound the ball and throw it to Kareem Hunt, and that that's going to be their offense. But you would expect – your big name stars to show up and and produce well. I mean, even last year, Jarvis was solid every single week, and OBJ flashed. Even though he was injured, 
most of the season. He still had his weeks. He played. He showed up on the stat sheet. It's just not happening all that much, and I don't know what to expect moving forward with these two wide receivers. Man, I, I'm i just going to defer quickly back to my Baker argument and hope that that's enough. And just that hopefully their schedule softens or meets the need for a lot more passing work than what's happened so far. And I really do believe that is coming in the next few weeks. If after these next three weeks that does not happen, then I'm going to be real bummed. Um, and then I'll have to just, you know, cut bait on that entire idea. The one thing I do want to point out here. If you guys were following what Odell was saying on Twitter, or I should say what was reported about Odell on Twitter, he just said, like, I guess it's not that kind of year in terms of me getting, like, production and just kind of, like, shrug emoji. So that could be a bit of a red alert, or it could just be him. That's, like, his sly way of asking for more passing work now, which I would like to think that's all it is. But who knows? Mm -hmm. Are, Are you in or out on OBJ and or Jarvis Landry, Linda? I'm not out on either, like, fully, but I touted Jarvis Landry all offseason. I was like, <laughs> take OBJ. I'll keep snagging the PPR monster. And both of them said, we're not going to do it. And so I'm, I don't know that I'm out on either. Landry be, has worked himself out of, like, a starting wide receiver role. He's into a flex, like, possibility OBJ, I still feel like maybe he needs to be in your starting lineup for our increasingly growing sample size, Uh, but both have been very underwhelming, increasingly Mm -hmm. underwhelming. I thought Landry was game script proof. Mm -hmm. I thought he was like untouchable, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's a really, it's a shock to the system. It's like learning that Santa Claus is is Don't you say it. Don't you say it. Yeah, I, my daughter might want to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like finding out that Santa Claus is actually just a, a drunk hobo. Uh, <laughs> That's not better. The rest of the year. <laughs> is that better? Is that better? It's or is that worse? definitely better. As long as I'm not a liar, it's better. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what we're going to go with then in this situation. <laughs> But really, I don't know. Yeah, I just hope. All right. Hope three weeks from now, we're like, oh, okay, this looks like what we expected from him uh, because Baker actually throws the ball. That's all. That's all I hope. But I don't have a good answer. All right. Uh, we got Chris Godwin next. This one's a little bit unfair, but I felt like I had to throw it on there. He's at wide receiver 40 right now, but that's mainly because of injury. Uh, he was out with the concussion and then with a the hamstring this week, but still not living up to that that top tier wide receiver ADP you were paying for him. So uh, he has been disappointing. We don't need to belabor this point. The next one, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 67. I, oh, this one hurts too. I really thought that going into Houston that he was going to be his typical high-end wide receiver to maybe sneak into that wider low-end wide receiver one territory with that offense opposite of Will Fuller. You know, you have a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson, but that just obviously is not happening so far. And I don't know if it's going to the rest of the season. I just, I think Will Fuller is the focus of that offense as far as the wide receivers go. He is the true one on that team. And and, and that offense just in particular is struggling a bit. And I know they've kind of run into a buzzsaw with, with their schedule so far, and that should ease up a bit. But still, I just don't like what I've seen. What a world that Will Fuller is a wide receiver one for team. I know. What a world. 
he was almost on my start. Like I almost put him in my starts, and then I was like, no, I can't do it because he pulls a hammy, and everybody's gonna be like, you fucking knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> and I don't like to be wrong. <laughs> That's so true, though. It's like I our whole argument coming into this offseason was like, well, you he's a guy. At least you start when you when you know he's healthy. But that's the trick is you never know that he's actually healthy. Mm. Like you never truly know that because halfway through the game, he's just going to bail on you and then you're done. Now, with Brandon Cooks, I, I'm just going to be the silver lining guy one more time here. I like that he's on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. He's been on the field for like 90% of his snaps for the last two weeks. And he put up a giant game against the Ravens. So, like, if you can do that, well, Giant, I should say, it's five receptions, 95 yards, no touchdowns, which is concerning. Um, I- I'm not willing to cut bait on him yet. It's unfortunate. He didn't do anything against Pittsburgh last week, which sucked. But I'm going to hold on to him. But I would be, like, he's definitely not in a starting wide receiver spot at all. He's a flex guy, and you'd be happy if he returns on that value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Their, their schedule should be softening up after this, so hopefully we see better things uh, from Brandon Cooks and that offense in general. Last wide receiver I think we'll talk about here is T.Y. Hilton coming at, at the very nice wide receiver 69. Uh, <laughs> I missed that episode by one episode. Uh, so, so close. close. <laughs> I like increments of 10, though, so it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about T.Y.? Uh, this has kind wow. of been his M.O. where he's a little bit dinged up. He plays. And now with Philip Rivers there at the helm, we know he loves to dump it off short, whether it's to the running backs or the tight end. I just, that's kind of how I feel. I just, I just, I just don't know what to feel about this. It's, it's just, uh, he should, he should be doing all right because, he is really the the one healthy wide receiver on the team right now, but he's just not. So I just I just don't know how to feel about him. Uh, I'm out. I'm just out. He's the guy that I I don't have any patience for right now. Unfortunately, I, I can't do it. He should have all the targets right now. Hypothetically, he should have all the targets. He's not getting the targets because Philip Rivers is who I unfortunately thought that he was, and he can't get the ball to T. Y. Hilton. I, that's not going to change unless they stop putting Philip Rivers out there, and that's not going to happen this year. Yeah, T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. I don't. I'm not sure that I roster him anywhere across like um, 20 too many leagues. Uh, but also Mo Ali Cox and and Jack Doyle, like that's who's and Jonathan Taylor. That's I don't want. I don't even want really Philip. Lip- Philip Rivers on my team, but I I don't think I have any T.Y. Hilton. So mostly if I'm going to turn sadness into happiness, I'm glad I don't roster him anywhere. Mm-hmm. Same because here. Been, yeah, uh, it, it's been ugly. And I, I was kind of low on him. I, I shouldn't say low. I, w- I was hopeful going into this season that maybe we'd see a little resurgence from him. Uh, and it just, yeah, hasn't happened. I'm with you. I, I'm just kind of out on him as well. All right. I lied. We're going to talk one more wide receiver before we move on to uh, tight ends here. And that's Preston Williams coming in at wide receiver 76 so far. This one hurts too. I mean, he's back on the field after that injury last season. 
I know they say it takes a little bit to get back into game shape, but everything we've seen, like he, he looks like he's back in it and healthy and, and no repercussions from, from the ACL from last season, but he just hasn't shown it on the field. And is it just because of the Dolphins offense or, or is it something more here? I, I just, I don't know what to think. And I really like Preston Williams. Uh, I tried to get him wherever I could, especially with the injury last season, because I really do believe in him and the talent. I think he's a way better wide receiver than uh, uh, that other Yahoo across from him that the name is escaping me right now. Uh, Devontae Parker. Parker. Thank you. That other <laughs> Yahoo across from him. How rude. Well, it's just that that's going to be my thing when I can't remember names, just that other Yahoo. Uh, so <laughs> no disrespect. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think about Preston? You want to go or you want me to go? I would really love for you to go right now. (laughs) (laughs) Preston Williams and Jarvis Landry were like the two wide receiver twos that I was like, these dudes are going to outperform their wide receiver ones. They're dudes that I can wait on on in a draft and stack up elsewhere. Like they're on every fucking team I have. (laughs) And they're (laughs) both on the bench. I'm like... It's, I, I'm not, again, I'm not ready to give up yet, especially after what Fitzmagic did on Thursday. I know it was against the Jaguars, but he turns, you know, shit into gold when he needs to. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not ready to give up that, but it's a little concerning. Again, no panic button, but like right here. It's funny because that's the, the touchdown is what saved his day. And so if you were starting him and Scott Fishbowl, like I was, you were very happy that he got that one <laughs> touchdown off of two targets in that game. You're talking about how much like Ryan Fitzmagic showed like himself, but he only yeah, but he didn't care. Yeah, he only, he only looked at him twice. What are you doing, Fitz? So I'm actually at the point where I'm like, I kind of hope now that they do put two in just to see if it'll help Preston Williams out any. Um I don't, I don't, I don't like it, but I can't drop him. I, I too have him in certain spots that I refuse to, to abandon ship right now. Yeah. I don't think you can drop him. If you do, you're a fool because he will, he will get more involved as the season goes on. I truly believe that we saw it last season, uh, especially once Parker went out. But even before that, you saw him getting acclimated to the offense and getting involved who knows why it hasn't happened so far, but I, I do believe that he will, and he can be a, a solid flex option for you, probably down the stretch. Well, Mike pointed out in our chat here, Mike said, this is the week to play all your Dolphins. They're going against Seattle. I actually fully agree with that. If you're looking for a shootout, if Fitz is starting, this is what you hope for. Mm-hmm. You need that action to go, and, and Williams should hopefully get some, some go there. YOLO all day long, baby. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. All right, and we will finish up this segment with tight ends. Let's burn through these bitches. Let's just burn through these fucking tight ends. All right, Jared Cook, tight end 20. After last season, I think we all expected him to be in that top 10 discussion fairly easily. Drew Brees hasn't really been looking like himself this season. And I would have thought, especially with Michael Thomas being out this last week, you would have saw him being much more involved. I don't know what to expect here. It's not like Manny Sanders has been doing a whole lot for their offense either. So it's like, 
Traycon Smith. We know Kamara is involved. Obviously, we saw him burn the Packers so bad this last week. Uh, but other than that, it's like, who else are they throwing to right now? Why is it not Jared Cook? I don't know. There was an injury thing with him this week, which kind of explained some of this at least, or, or explained that game, I suppose. He was dealing with some sort of uh, injury. I, I almost said smaller injury. That felt rude. Um, but it was some sort of injury that he was dealing with this week at least. So, uh, you know, you can factor that in, but it's still not looking great. Mm-hmm. All right, Evan Ingram, tight end 25. Uh, this is surprising just because, you know, he hasn't been injured. I can understand, you know, with his injury pass that this is kind of where you'd expect him at this point, but hasn't been injured. We we know that offense is kind of hot garbage right now. I, I Steaming hot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, OBJ loving levels of hot right now with that steamer <laughs> that they're dropping. Yeah, and I just... I, I am. I was off of him going into the season, especially at the ADP he was going at, and I, I just don't see this improving right now. Maybe later in the season, but uh, personally, I'm jumping ship. Can't follow you. Yeah, and then we already talked about Austin Hooper, tight end 36. I don't think we need to talk about him anymore. And Let's then, move on. yeah, last one here: Dawson Knox at tight end 51. Oh, this makes me sad. Freaking Tyler Croft. What are you doing? What are you doing out there catching those touchdowns? He was doing what Dawson Knox could have done if he was in the game. That's what hurts so Uh, much. That's what hurts so much. Okay. What hurts a lot is Dawson Knox was my backup to Blake Darwin all over the motherfucking place. (laughs) Me and Dawson Knox in my Scott Fishbowl uh, graph graphic that I did are giving Blake Jarwin a cake stand and I lost them both. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Oh, Everywhere. So it's just like, well, this is, but it, where I could, I was able to pick up Mo Alley Cox. So that was nice. But still in 16 team leagues, there ain't no Mo Alley Cox floating around on the waiver in a dynasty 16 team league. Oh, definitely like, not. <laughs> at that point, I'm thinking of uh, Friskel or <laughs> I'm just like, this is my answer Ferkser. this week. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm just going to get the third tight end from the Titans on my lineup and just hope for the best right now. Well, that's a bad example, last Jake. Week, <laughs> last week I had to start a, that is a bad example this particular week. Last week I had to start Case Keenum in the hopes that Chase Young just took out Baker Mayfield in a two QB. Oof. 12 teams reflex time. Like, I was just like, maybe this will happen. And it was like, Chase Young's hurt. And I was like, oh, well, fuck me, I guess, right? That was a nice thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. That is brutal. All right. So before we move away from here, any last minute disappointments you all want to talk about? Now, my heart hurts too much already. <laughs> all right. I didn't cry on air, so that's pretty good news. We did it! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's move into a little positivity here. You know, can't be all sadness on on our show. So let's talk about our start of the week. So we'll take one player, any position. Who are you starting this week? Linda, lead us off. Uh, Daryl Henderson versus the Giants. I'll play damn near any offensive player versus New York Giants right now. Uh, he's had, he averages almost or a little over 17 touches a game. Uh, he seems to be that workhorse back that 
we looked for. Cam Akers is hurt. Uh, it's a great play this week. He, the Giants allowed 16-plus points to the 49ers backfield, which is abysmal <laughs> right now with injuries. So that's a, that's a fire it up for me this week, which mm-hmm. is nice because I drafted him late as hell. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. He has looked so good to start the season, and it feels like maybe the Rams were a little too quick to pull the trigger on drafting another uh, early round running back instead of waiting to see what they saw with him, because it looks like Henderson could be the real deal uh, and, and control that backfield for the future here. So I like that a lot. Jake, how about you? Who's your start of the week? I love it. So I am me and Mike in the chat are on a mind meld, by the way, because I was very close <laughs> to listing Ryan Fitzpatrick as my start of the week against the the Seahawks, because it's just going to be him yoloing all fucking day long uh, against that team. And I would be very excited for it. He says he's riding Fitz until he breaks that fucker's back. Uh, and I cannot be more on board with that sentiment. He is not my actual start of the week this week, um, but he was a, a close second. I'm instead going. Homer me with Aaron Rodgers versus Atlanta because Atlanta is fucking abysmal against quarterbacks. They've allowed the most fantasy points to opposing QBs. I don't expect that to slow down at all. This should still be somewhat of a shootout. So I'm all about Rodgers this week. Nice. I like that so, so much. And then my start of the week is Noah Fant versus the Jets. Yes. I mean, let's be honest. Sutton's out. The Jets are horrible. Uh, they have a third, their third quarterback possibly starting this week uh, instead of Driscoll. Oh, but uh, you know, just he—he's the only reliable off offensive weapon on their team right now. And like I said, the Jets are horrible. Can I say the Jets are horrible one more time? Uh, yes. So fire him up. <laughs> I'd just like to say that as a Broncos fan, it's admirable that everybody is like, Jets are bad, but I am fucking worried. <laughs> I am not. Everybody's like, you got it. I'm like, oh. Well, this is one of those trap games, let's be honest. Because it should be Tim just. Carl can have a 153.6 passer rating or some bullshit. I just, I know it. <laughs> you know, Adam Gates is playing for his job this week. So he's going to come out uh, ferocious. He's going to game plan really hard. And then the, the shit that he lays in his own hand is going to be smaller than it's been in the last three weeks. So <laughs> there is a chance that the Broncos fail this week. Thank you. That really made me feel better. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, and then our bust of the week, Linda, who do you have? Oh, you're muted, Linda. I know, I hate to buy an accidentally. <laughs> uh, but both the Bucks backs, we don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Ronald Jones? Is it going to be Leonard Fournette? Jones is a safer play, but in general, I'll avoid both. The Chargers have allowed the third fewest points to running back so far this year. So uh, if you add that into not knowing who the fuck's going to have a hot hand, uh, I'll pass on both. Mm-hmm. Jake, who's I your bust? I appreciate that, first of all, as a Ronald Jones rosterer, where I'm just <laughs> nervous as fuck to start him any week. This is especially a week that I won't be doing that. Uh, but my bust of the week is Julian Edelman, who gets to play Kansas City at Kansas City. Not that the road matchup really matters as much during this COVID, uh, you know, attendance-free environment, but 
The Chiefs themselves, again, talking about how great they are as a defense, they've allowed the fewest points, fantasy points, to opposing wide receivers. And if you look at what they did against Baltimore, again, it just made me too nervous. I'm sure Edelman will be okay. It's just you're not going to feel really comfortable, I don't think, with what he gets you. I like it. And then my bust of the week is Derrick Henry versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, their defense is just firing on all cylinders right now. I just, this is going to be one of those weeks where Derrick Henry has like 18 rushes for like 65 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, just because their defense is that good. I don't expect a whole lot from the Titans offense in general this week, unfortunately. Obviously, you have to start him because he is a top running back in this league, but just be prepared for some heartbreak. I'm sorry. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Can I say one thing about Derrick Henry real quick? So I have a friend who has just decided to get into fantasy. I talked her into being in a league that's like an all Oklahoma State fan league. And after I talked her into that, her family was like, oh, like all her boy cousins and brothers were like, oh, okay, I guess you can play with us. So she had the first pick. She took CMC, of course. He's hurt. Well, she ended up with Derrick Henry, and today she posted on Twitter, she was like, if somebody on your bench does really well, like, does that automatically bump them into your lineup? Which veteran players know the answer is absolutely not. But everyone gave her so much, like, somebody finally said, like, who was a player? And she said Derrick Henry. And his first two weeks, if you started him and you had a running back who did better and you don't know what you're doing, Sure, you're going to say him week mm-hmm. three. And then, of course, he popped off. People were so fucking mean to her. Ugh. She was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, baby girl, we'll, like, we'll look over it together. There's no reason. Like, everybody on Twitter thinks they know the most. Mm-hmm. But you, you based it off of what you've seen, which is what we do, but to a gross extent. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but she was, she was like, people are mean as shit. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let me put this out to Twitter right now, just for the moment here. We are in full redraft mode. We are in casual fantasy football player mode. And we should have been for the last two to three weeks extending through the fucking new year. So if you're answering questions from people on Twitter right now, you should be answering them differently than how you would during the offseason. Not everybody spends every waking moment like a goddamn degenerate like we do (laughs) pouring over this fucking data. (laughs) Exactly. But I just wanted to say, I'm going to let her know this week, again, he's potentially not... The answer. Mm-hmm. And everybody today was like, you got to start that motherfucker. She was like, okay. Sorry, yeah, and, I and, just had to. Well, no, and that's just so disappointing because it's so great when new people get into fantasy football and you can kind of relive the early days through their eyes like we like we used to have. Uh, like we have a mutual friend. Jake and I have a mutual friend that she's in her first fantasy football league this year. And like when she was drafting, she she was asking us, like, who should I draft? And I mean, because she really has no clue. And it's so fun to just help her with that as like a new person into fantasy and, and give that, that advice. Like, I just love that. So it's like, why I don't understand the people just being dicks out there. Like, it's just, let's, yeah. let's spread the love, man. Let's spread the love. 
as many of us want to make a career in this, the thing to not do is shit on new people. <laughs> what we need is new people wanting mm-hmm. to play. And she took on two leagues her first year ever playing. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some ouchies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Hopefully she sticks with it. Give her some good advice. Tell her to ignore all those <laughs> fuckheads on Twitter and wherever else she's at. And exactly just ignore them. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do we want to talk about some upcoming week four matchups here or should we call it? I think we can do night? a real quick thing if anybody has like a specific matchup that you're looking at for this week that you're excited about, whether via fantasy or otherwise. Yeah, why not? Thursday night gamer, baby. (laughs) Can I just say up front before we even get dig into our initial uh, picks here? I'm just excited that hopefully, potentially, we have fucking football to watch this week with all this COVID news circling around with the Titans and the and the Steelers and all this. I just we should just be happy that hopefully there's some fucking football still coming because uh, we all knew that this was a possibility in the offseason that it could get shut down at any minute. So fingers crossed, everything gets to proceed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But people saying they're not going to watch Thursday Night Football because it's a grotesque matchup. Like, I get it. It's not savory. You're not, it's not Mahomes versus Jackson. It's not, you know, Butker versus uh, Tucker. But it's still football, and we didn't think we were going to have it. I spent four years watching my high school football team lose every single game and still face paint on the front lines, running a flag back and forth. It's just enjoy it. Don't mm-hmm. be so ungrateful. We have it. Figure something out. Melvin Gordon, is Adam Gase going to get fired? Is Sam Darnold bad or is Adam Gase god-awful? Both, maybe. Is you know, is pick something. To it's watch. just football. It's like, how about comedy. it's just football? Yeah. Like, we've all waited for this. Like, yeah, enjoy it while you can because it could get ripped out from under us at any point here. I Sorry. love that. I just needed to preach about that. I love that. I'm so happy that you said that. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jake? Who or what game are you looking forward to this week? If the, I mean, again, just aside from the fact that like super stoked to have football in week four that we can that we can look forward to. If I'm looking for one particular matchup for fantasy football purposes, the one that I'm actually most excited to see what bears out. Oh, hold on. My my matchups didn't work on my on my Internet site. I hate it. OK, OK. The matchup that I'm actually really most excited about for week four is the Saints versus the Lions because it sounds stupid, but I want to know, like, TJ Hawkinson should be fire this game. He should be dominating this game. The Saints are bad against tight ends. I want to know if Jared Cook finally gets involved because you know Michael Thomas is going to be out and the Lions are not that great either. So this is just a tight end matchup that I'm super excited about because if either of these guys really put up a big stinker, it's going to be a giant red flag to me. Uh, So I'm watching for that. Nice. I've got a couple here. I, I really, it's going to sound uh, uh, like I'm a sadist here, but I can't help it. Uh, the jags Bengals game, I'm actually kind of looking forward to. Uh, I think that just could be a fun one to watch. I really do want to see how Cincinnati responds after this last week. Uh, we saw some good things with T. Higgins. I want to see if that continues to uh, 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 grow for them. 
so I think that could be just a fun game to watch. A lot of offense, no defense. And then with the afternoon game, the Patriots-Chiefs, I think, should be a good one. I know, Jake, you kind of alluded to that a little bit there. Uh, but that should be a good game as well. And then, obviously, the Monday night game, it's the Packers-Falcons. I know the Falcons are 0-3, but I don't take anything for granted with uh, my Packers here. Uh, this could be one of those trap games for them. And it's not like Atlanta hasn't been able to score points. So it should be a fun shootout uh, regardless of the outcome. But, Lindy, you're most excited for Broncos-Jets, right? Like, I mean, just in terms of 100% all-around view, it's just you can't get enough of Sam Darnold versus Brett Ripian. Is that a person that exists? (laughs) (laughs) Your video thing is Fuck. <laughs> I couldn't believe when that was announced that he was the starting quarterback for an actual NFL team this week. But I have a Trevor Simeon jersey, so <laughs> you literally Ooh. can't hurt me. <laughs> all right. That's fair. That is fair. All right. How do you guys all feel about a Golden State fan my whole life? And OU has always been like in football terms, they're like, they talk a lot of shit. But if we take it to the golf course, I'll whoop some ass. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. You heard it. If you want to get your ass whooped on a golf course, you go talk to Linda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how are you guys feeling about this episode? We reached the end of our show sheet. Is there anything else we want to discuss here before we sign off for the evening? This truly was not as bad as I thought it would be. Linda, so there's that. I did have my old faithful steed on the back end to kind of temper down some of that sweetness, but it was it was not bad. If anybody ever needs my full rankings of seltzers, I got them. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a good off-season just filler that you could just put Keep out. Them in my back pocket. No, weekly. Yeah. No, don't you put this to the off-season. This is <laughs> weekly information that folks need. <laughs> All right. Well, Linda, since we've reached the end of our show sheet here, why don't you tell the folks out there one more time where we can find you and what you do? Uh, you can find me at, at Lindellians. I know it looks like Lindell Lions, but that's not what it is. Uh, so you can find me at Lindellians. I write a weekly article at For Fantasy's Sake. And then uh, tomorrow night you can find me on Fantasy Football Confidential at 9 Eastern. So. Yeah, definitely thank check that out. Oh, no, thank you for joining us. Uh, we loved having you on. It was a blast. Uh, very good episode. One of our best, if I may say so ourselves. You should say so should. ourselves. <laughs> uh, Jake, why don't you tell the folks out there where they can find you and our podcast? You can find the Drinking and Fantasy podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. And you can find me at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. I just want to throw a real quick uh, word out for our YouTube live watchers that you should transfer over to Dynasty Theory now as they have started their live broadcast for the evening as well. Yes, definitely go check them out. Uh, Great show. And you can find me on Twitter at FFDustyDog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.